0: Hello and welcome to episode 32 of the Casual Try Hard Podcast. I'm Brian and I'm James. James was just before the podcast uh, making fun of how much I spent on my legacy deck.
1: (laughs) I wasn't making fun of it at all. I was just curious.
0: Yes. (laughs) Too much,
1: ladies and gentlemen. Too much. much.
0: Don't buy foil legacy cards is the (laughs) takeaway. So we're going to talk about the big thing from Magic this past week.
1: Yeah, I think we're uh, probably like a week late because the announcement was literally the day after we recorded last week's episode.
0: Yeah, so this is the new organized play system. Yep. But we're going to have a different point of view than I think you've seen a lot of other places. I agree. Just because everyone else who's talking about it, former Platinum pros. Right. they're, They're trying more than casually.
1: Also under this new system, they're just not pros.
0: Yeah, that is the outline for today's show. Yeah. So if you want to give us some show ideas, hit us up at uh, Casual Tripod on uh,
1: Twitter. Yep. You can find us at Casual Try Hard MTG on Facebook. Uh, you can email us at show at casualtrihardmtg And new as of last week, you can find us on our YouTube channel.
0: There we go. You can watch me butcher a uh, a pre release from like War, <laughs> and then you can. Uh, uh, listen to the podcast.
1: Yep. We've got it set up so all of our episodes will port right to YouTube. There won't be any fancy graphics or anything unless you guys really want that for some reason. I'll,
0: and then Brian has to learn how to use iMovie. Uh, well, James can I- probably figure iMovie. out. <laughs> yeah.
1: James might be able to figure out how it works. But uh, yeah, if it's something that you guys like and want to see, we'll uh, certainly look look into growing a YouTube channel a little bit. But uh, for now, it's going to be basically just audio.
0: To show you guys the power of Facebook. If you were worried about Dieter, he just checked in. Dieter's okay. Thanks, Dieter. He is doing fine. <laughs> we were worried
1: about you. I'm glad you're all right. Now
0: know Dieter's okay. We can move yep. on. Thanks for putting in uh, data. We had the most matches I think we've ever had. We had like 260 between all the games played.
1: Yeah, you guys are awesome.
0: Yeah, so thank you very much. Yep, keep it up. I'm Diamond 3. Uh, <laughs> Mythic is within reach question mark
1: yeah this is uh unfortunately this is my super busy time of year um i have not had a chance to play much arena basically the only thing i've done is to try and keep up with the plantations, and i haven't even really been doing that
0: and you got your fancy land that's all that
1: matters right yeah
0: like i said our big announcement uh, the big announcement was the uh the like magic esports announcements if you want to read all this stuff Mm -hmm. it's pretty dense just go to like magic.gg yep that is their site where they put all this stuff up. Mm-hmm. And I, I think know, uh,
1: on Facebook I had actually posted the okay. link to the article also. So you guys can check it out there.
0: I think some of the uh, documents that they had sent out to TOs and store owners have been circulating as well. So there's a lot of like dense PDFs if you're yeah. like super into this. Mm-hmm. But we're going to give you kind of the, the overview of it.
1: Yep. And we're going to kind of pepper our thoughts in there also.
0: Yeah. And it is like... Super dense. So yes. like bear with us. You might you might need to go to magic.gd just to follow <laughs> along because there's a lot here. Yeah. All right. The first thing was the arena mythic invitational. Yep. And we have down here mostly unchanged.
1: Uh yeah, I think the only thing that actual changed was instead of top thousand mythic for the uh mythic qualifier weekend, it's top twelve hundred now.
0: Which makes sense. For whatever reason they made the cutoff for numbering people, yeah. twelve hundred. And then they decided that they were going to make the cutoff a thousand. It's like just take all the numbers. Yeah, it's weird. It's really easy yeah. if it's I'm a percent or I'm a number. Or I'm a number. I'm a number. I'm good. Yeah. I'm a percent. I'm not. Right. Yeah. That makes a lot of sense to just do that. It mm-hmm. does give two hundred people a slot that right. wouldn't have had it otherwise.
1: Yeah, but the way that this tournament's structured, like. It doesn't really matter how many people funnel into day one, right? No.
0: Was this one you needed 10 wins? I, I don't even know. I think it was, from what I just saw, people uh, tweeting and whatnot, I think you had to get 10 wins before you got two losses. Man. To make day two. Yeah. It was either 10 before you got two or 10 before you got three, but I'm pretty sure it was 10. So it's hmm. still like a gauntlet. Yeah. Uh,
1: still pretty rough.
0: Yeah. yeah. So it's the same thing I competed in a couple months ago. Yep. Uh, I have here, I will rise again. One Someday. day. One day. <laughs> it just takes so much playing. Yeah. So so, so much. much playing. And then we're going to get mythic point challenges, which is going to be another arena event. What are these?
1: I have no idea. Mm-hmm. It was, that's why there's a question mark next to it. It said that they were going to be a thing and then said nothing else about them.
0: I think it was something like if you were in the top 1,200, mm-hmm. you would get an invite to this like special tournament that okay. allowed you to earn mythic points. Okay. Uh, which mythic points are a point that you need to earn something, but there's now at least three different point systems. Yeah.
1: We'll, uh, we'll get back to the points at the end, I think.
0: Yes. And so then we have mythic qualifiers, which is the MCQ weekend. Yes. Okay. And then the rivals mythic qualifier, which is, I guess we're, this is kind of hard. There's no right order to do this. Yeah. So, there's, so we have the MPL that you guys have known that is 32 players but, right now? Yeah, right
1: now it's 32 players.
0: So we can think of that as the major leagues. Yeah. Rivals is going to be like Triple A. Sure. Or like if you're a soccer fan, right, there's the Premier League, and then Anthony's going to kill me because I don't know what's <laughs> the thing that's not the Premier League, the one step underneath yeah. it. That's what Rivals is, is that step below the big time. Yeah. And there's basically going to be a pool of people there that are going to play in these Mythic qualifiers to help qualify for the Mythic Invitational. Yep. But the arena stuff, if you're like, well, I'm going to play arena and maybe like one month I'll like break it for two weeks and like run myself up to Mythic. If that was what your goal was yesterday or last Monday. That can still be your goal. That can still be your goal. That doesn't impact anything
1: yep like i said it seems like arena didn't really change at all other than adding 1200 players to the mythic qualifier weekends
0: yeah as opposed to a thousand yep all right so then we have the next new thing is uh
1: the players tour
0: players tour Um, they were like you know what we miss saying pt and ptq Let's just go back to that i mean
1: everybody was still saying pt anyway yeah so it kind of makes sense this section is going to be kind of long So bear with us. This is where the majority of the changes were. And that's good because this is also where the greatest lack of information was.
0: Yeah. So if you are like us or me and follow people on Twitter who have been like, I'm Jonathan Rossum and I'm retiring from magic because there's nothing for me. (laughs) And Andre Strosky was like, I just got invited to Richmond. I don't know if I'm gonna go because I don't think it like advances my career in magic at all because there's like no organized play structure announced. Right. This sh- shuts all those people up, and now yes. they have like an actual structured thing. Mm-hmm. So there all is the, a structure. So all the people that were like, "I'm retiring" because there's no more magic. No, there's more magic.
1: There's a ton more magic. Yes. And especially for people at our level, I feel like there is even more magic than there used to be.
0: Yes. So what is this Players Tour thing?
1: So the Players Tour is basically what the Pro Tour used to be. It's like a multi-tiered event. You'll have Players Tour Finals as like the cap for the Players Tour. They're also going to feed into the uh, Invitational or whatever, right? Or into Rivals or something. We'll touch on that yeah. when we get back to it. And then underneath that, there are the Players Tours. They're going to be held regionally, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, so they've broken the world up into three regions. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Americas... Which, when your one region is the Western Hemisphere, yeah, come on now, <laughs> uh, and then uh, Europe, yep, and Asia Pacific, yep. Which you know, most of the Eastern Hemisphere, <laughs> like is like, okay, guys, like, yeah. really, you couldn't couldn't chop this up any smaller. But okay, well, that's fine.
1: Not splitting hairs here. I think no. they did a pretty good job for what they had to work with. So there's going to be 3,600 invites into this new system, which is uh, pretty substantial because the old Pro Tours. Uh, Only had about 1800 invites. Yeah.
0: So there's twice as much opportunity or chance for you, PTQ grinder, or someone like us who's not so much a grinder as like, oh, there's one kind of close. We'll go and see what happens. Yep. There's twice as many of those presumably, or twice as many chances yeah. for you to get in.
1: Yep, twice as many slots. They've also broken up the prize pool a little bit according to the uh, like density of players in the areas for the three regions. The Americas Players Tour, they're going to be about 500 players with $250,000 in prizes. The European Players Tour is going to be about 400 players with $200,000 in prizes. In the Asia-Pacific players tour is going to be about 250 players with $150,000 in prizes.
0: So the idea is... You win a PPTQ in Sheboygan, sure. Right? Well, you won one in North America. Mm-hmm. Presumably, you're going to go to the North American regi- region to play your right your PT. But you are able to move. Yeah. If you're like, you know what, I won, I won my Sheboygan yeah PT, but I want to go play in the Asia Pacific one. You're qualified for any of them, but you can't like do the Asian Pacific one and then be like, well, I'm going to go do the. American one that is the same like in the same yeah. season.
1: Yep, you're only cu- qualified for one of them, but you can use it for whichever one you want.
0: Yeah, and it sounds like coverage-wise, at least what they mentioned on the the if you if you like a, a video visual medium, if you go to the Magic Twitch account, yeah, there should be a VOD of the um, esports announcement mm-hmm. from last week. And one of the things that they said is that they're going to do coverage. They're all gonna be like on the same day or the same weekend, but they're okay. gonna be covered live in their time zone. Okay. So they said you could watch in theory 16 hours of magic, or it's gonna be two on one weekend wow. and one on the next, something along those lines. Hmm. So like they can do. And it's gonna
1: stretch the coverage team then.
0: Yeah, they could do like Asia Pacific, and then they could do the yeah. Americas. Yeah. On the same weekend, but I mean, if you can think about like how like GP coverage goes. Right, there's, a lot of times there's a European team. Yeah. And then there's an American team.
1: Well, right, but this isn't GP coverage. This yeah. is, like, Pro Tour coverage.
0: Yeah, I, I understand there can only be one Rich Hagon <laughs> at, 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 at any one time. Uh, they can't, like, put him on a plane and, like... <laughs> split him in half. Split him in half, yeah, they can <laughs> I'm rich. And then, like, 18 hours away, Hagen. Yeah, like, it doesn't work. And like, he became Australian. That it was really bad. Yeah, but it seems like they're going to, they made it sound like they're going to at least cover two of them simul- simultaneously or back to back. It was a guy named Bear, which was his, like, apparently his honest-to-God-given name. Bear. All and right. then another man who I forget his name from the eSports thing and he's like you can watch 16 hours of coverage if you want just like one into the other
1: that's pretty cool i was listening to lsv and matt nass talk earlier today about this topic one of the things that they had mentioned which is something that i hadn't thought about because you know my perspective is for like the PPTQ grinder or whatever but they said it's going to make like their teams awkward because if part of your testing team is you know paulo from brazil and you know me and the U S and then like two of the Japanese guys, you know what I mean? Yeah. like, like
0: If they're not all the same
1: weekend, if they're not all the same weekend. They're basically going to be testing for different events because the Meta is going to be different weekend to weekend.
0: Yeah. And, uh, like Paulo on pro points, it was like, I'll just go to the one that's most convenient. Cause I'm super yeah. far from all of them. Right. So it might be like, okay, wife, uh, there's one in Houston, there's one in Barcelona and there's one in Tokyo. Yeah which place would you like to go spend a week? <laughs> and then that'd be the one that he goes to. Yeah. I don't think Houston's going to win that. No yeah, offense, probably not. Texas, but, <laughs> but, yeah, so that's what he was saying is he would go wherever. Yeah. And then Mike Sigrist was saying that like, there's an advantage to maybe like playing in the Asian Pacific one. Mm-hmm. If it's only going to be 250 players. Yeah. Right? like If you have to top eight it, there's just less players to beat to get to top eight.
1: Yeah, but those Japanese players are pretty scary.
0: True, <laughs> but he was like, if I can get a 5% better chance yeah. by just picking a different weekend... That's true. Then I'm going to pick a different weekend. And I was like, wow, that is a level of dedication to <laughs> EV that like I do not understand.
1: Right. Yeah. I thought I was uh, doing pretty good buying cards just for this event that I know we're going to get banned. But uh, yeah, I hadn't quite thought about traveling somewhere else because yeah, like the field is going to be softer. Yeah, gaming the system. <laughs> like,
0: huh. I think this tournament is slightly smaller. I like my chances. Yeah. All right. So there's the player's tour, which again, just is a PT, but more regional yep some people i think matt sperling had written that he was like i don't think these players tours are going to be like as difficult maybe it's gonna be akin to like day one of a pro tour as opposed to a full pro tour i think i've said to you a few times there's a lot If like the the pro tour field was 400 people from across the world yeah there's a lot of people like 401 to like 700 that are just as good right as anyone else Sitting in that room
1: Yeah they just didn't Get their break They just
0: didn't get Their break You know they mulled to five Game three of their PPTQ right. And then they ju- Or their PTQ And they just Didn't get to go Yeah And it wasn't that They played bad It was like I get to make I made one decision, yep. two. I'm mulliganed <laughs> to six and I'm mulliganed to five. And now my decisions are done and I lose. Yep. I think you said that LSV and Matt Ness were like, these are going to be as prestigious and probably as difficult as a Pro Tour.
1: Well, that's what they were thinking. They were under the impression that you can't. Like, diminish these to make them less prestigious of an event so that the finals would have to be like half a step higher than that.
0: If you win the pro tour or players' tour, or is it, or if you top eight it or something, you get bumped into another event, which yeah. is the, the finals. The finals. Yep. I think if you watch a lot of Saturday Magic, if you watch the Star City tour, mm-hmm. right, they have the season one and season two two champions yeah and those filter into the invitational like a smaller like 24 person events yeah it's the same kind of thing you win your players tour you do well at your players tour that filters you into right that championship that like special like set off event yep how do we get into the players tour
1: the first way that people are going to get into this the players tours are anybody that has previously been in a finals players tour finals automatically has an invite to the players tour okay okay so that doesn't mean a whole lot right now because there hasn't been a players tour finals yet okay but going forward anybody that made it to finals automatically gets an invite back to the players tour
0: so they can you know effectively try to run it back
1: right yep now you have to make the finals to do that but
0: like the the players tour finals or the finals of the players tour final There are too many finals here.
1: There are. That's a great question.
0: Right. Do they mean like the top eight, number one and number two, or all like 50 people that made the players' tour final? I'm not sure. We've listened to multiple podcasts, read multiple articles. Yeah. And don't know. Yeah. Watched an hour-long video from Wizards of the Coast, and we're still like, yeah, there's there's a little uh, fuzzy here. Yeah. All right. I don't have an answer to that one. Okay. That's fine what I will tell our dear listeners is if you make it to the, the Players Tour Finals, <laughs> then let you us worry know how it works it. out. Yeah. <laughs> let us know if you get invited back.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure if it's the finals of the tournament or from the tournament, the finals. Yeah,
0: I'm looking at you, Ken, Mr. Casual. Authentic. Yeah. <laughs>
1: So we'll have to figure that out for you. Yeah. Okay, well, no, it, the second thing here kind of answers that question because the second way to qualify for the players' tour is all of the top finishers by record from the previous players' tour.
0: Okay, so that's, again, some cutoff. Probably. Yeah, I think
1: they said 39 points.
0: Yeah, so 13-2. Yeah. yeah.
1: And then all MPL players, so all the Magic Pro League players, are, yes. there'll be 20 going forward. Twenty-four. There's going to be 24 for this weird half season that they're doing. Oh, and then it goes to then 20? then it goes to 20. Oh, God. Yeah. Because there's not going to be arrivals for the half season. Okay. So they're going to drop it. Four people are going to drop off then, and it'll be 20 players. Okay. I, I think. My understanding. And all rivals players will will also get invites to the players tour. And then the same as it was before, top eight or 39 match points at a GP. will get you an invite to the players tour. Now, if you win a Grand Prix, you also get an invite to the finals. Yes. You you, you are still allowed to play in the players tours, but if you want to, you can skip them and go right to finals also. Okay. And you can do both. So you can play in the players tour, and then if you do bad in that, you still get to go to finals. Okay. Also, uh, top four teams and all teams with 36 match points at a GP, basically the same thing okay they're gonna have last chance qualifiers at all player tour events so those will also be seats into the players tour the winner of the last chance qualifiers kind of like how there was before
0: yeah you basically you show up at your gp or in this case your pro tour yeah and that friday you just play events and one person from that event will qualify
1: yep there was also lcq's at the rptq level also yeah so if there was an rptq at your local store or whatever you could show up on friday and hopefully win a last chance qualifier to play saturday in the rptq there's also going to be wizards play network qualifiers these are like store level events they haven't had a whole lot of information on this and i've kind of been probing our local game store owner for information and he doesn't have any yet so I'm not sure like if it's just not out there yet or if they're still working on it or what the deal is but there's going to be they said that there's going to be a couple different structures for these one of the structures that they're looking into is like a multi-day multi-tier thing where you'd have to like qualify at different tiers in order to make it to whatever tournament this is that qualifies somebody for okay. the player's tour they did mention that these are going to start in October but Nobody knows anything about them yet. Yeah, which is
0: not great. Right. For like a month and a half away.
1: Yeah. They also mentioned in one of one of the announcements that uh, preference will be given to premier stores. Um, so if your store got qualified for WPN premier status, they want to give them to those stores before they start giving them to other stores. And from what I gather, that's not a very easy thing for a store to get.
0: Yes, I think we've mentioned this before. It's, it is difficult. Yeah. It's a pretty high bar. But they yep. were saying that they were going to give them to stores that they were hoping could like use it to leverage themselves into being a more premier store and like making whatever qualifications yeah so, so it's not just exclusively premier stores but they're going to get first crack at
1: it yep there is one store i think cape fear cape fear is, I is I think, a the premier, closest premier, store.
0: premier store yeah and then we have the uh, players tour qualifiers so these are analogous to the mcqs and uh, ptqs that we have now where mm-hmm. it's just a big 150 to 200 person tournament
1: yep basically what we're going to play in on saturday
0: yeah winner take all yep where we're going losers get packs
1: yeah at least the modern horizons packs
0: yeah they have said that i think for the players tour qualifiers first place has to get a flight right to run the event you have to give enough money or like hook up a flight right So the person who wins it can actually
1: go. Yeah, that was something that they were catching a lot of flack for with the last system. People were, you know, winning these events and then not being able to afford to go to the event that they qualified for.
0: Yeah, there were some GoFundMes going on uh, last uh, MCQ season. I mean, this event we're going to on Saturday, first place gets 120 packs. Yeah. Which, like, Delta doesn't take those.
1: I mean, you can try to shove them in the machine, but I don't think it's going to work.
0: No, and I mean, this is, we accept card Yeah. (laughs) One foil red and six (laughs) equals how many flights? Yeah, probably a flight. So hopefully, like, it won't be a situation anymore where you have to, like, take your winnings and then hawk them to
1: try to get enough money
0: to uh, pay for your flight.
1: So basically the exact opposite of the judge program right now? Yes. Where
0: where you you pay them to be given some stuff so that you can then sell that stuff. Yeah. To reimburse yourself for the judge program. (laughs) Yeah, okay. Sounds good, guys. Yep. And these are going to be regional-ish. Again, like it's going to be stores in your area. I think you're only limited by like sanity and willingness to drive, which kind of feeds back into sanity. Yeah. I know that like we've been at stores in North Carolina and like the people from Roanoke Mm -hmm. are in North Carolina. And it's like, that's like a six or seven hour drive. Yeah. That's
1: a little further than I'd be willing to go
0: for like a day or two to, to yeah. like show up at like a random, like LGS. Right. Like, uh.
1: I know that there's like two that are, you know, within drivable range for us. They're the two that I went to last season. Uh, there's one in Raleigh and one in Columbia.
0: Yeah. So if you go to like a wizard's event finder, it's going to let you know, like where these are in your area. There's, Hopefully. There's an app that someone locally, semi-locally developed yeah. uh, called Top Decked. Yeah. If you download that app, it has a lot of functionality. It'll also, like put in deck lists, and you can even, with certain stores, submit your deck list, but it has an event finder. Yeah. And you can put in what kind of event you want to find and how far you're willing to drive. It's a pretty good you, event finder, too. It'll tell you where everything is. So if you're sitting in Tennessee, mm-hmm. you're in Knoxville, you can download this app and it'll tell you like every event within a hundred miles of you. Yep. So you don't have to like dig as much. They've already like done the digging for you.
1: Yep. It color codes the events for you too, right? Yeah. Like you yeah. can
0: like select it. Like I think it goes all the way down to like M's or something. Yeah. And then it's like PTQs, And then, uh, like, GPs and stuff. It'll, like, tell you all the events. Yep. So, yeah. So that's a way for you to, like, find stuff pretty easily.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's a pretty sweet app. Also, I noticed lately it has a lot more, um, like, collection tracking stuff, too, which it didn't used to have. I haven't messed with it a lot. Like, it always
0: comes through for me.
1: Sorry, guys, for the tangent.
0: It always (laughs) comes through for me, like, the bigger events, it will email you your pairings a lot of times. And sometimes it'll email your pairings before, like, the Channel Fireball website has them up. Right. So you're at a GP and you just get an email and it's like, hey, Topdeck says I'm going to this table and you just go to that table.
1: Thanks, Topdeck. Yeah.
0: After the aside, we'll get back to uh, (laughs) PTQs. Yep. Cryptic Command is the promo. So it's the like most recent art. Yeah. It's the art from,
1: was it Ultimate Masters?
0: Was it Ultimate Masters or the one before it? There were so many master sets.
1: Yeah, it was one of them. Yeah. It's really pretty art though.
0: Yeah. So that's the foil.
1: Yep it'll be foil and have the shooting star thing.
0: A lot of times, like, the foil, the card that they give you, almost pays for your entry fee. Yeah. Like, I'm sure if I sold my Arkbound Ravager, I'd get more than $35.
1: Yeah. When they were doing RPTQ promos, it was Noble Hierarch. And then um, before that was Emmerkel. Yeah. So there have been some good ones. Yeah, I, uh, expect them to continue being good in the I read future. a
0: story that like for the last season's MCQs, the Brazilian store that ran, that like wrote up their like tournament report as like from the store side Yeah, had multiple people like register for the event and then try to get them to mail them their promo because their promo was worth more than their event registration. Wow. So they were just like, basically, I want to spend $35 or whatever the equivalent is in brazilian bucks which i should know the name <laughs> but i don't remember the name right now someone in brazil is like stupid american <laughs> but they were like yeah this is worth way like yeah. this is worth way more than my entry fee yeah so just mailing my card and they were like uh no you have to actually show up wow but yeah they just had people trying to get the card
1: hmm. one of the other announcements for uh how to qualify is kind of a big one they've announced that so they're calling them premier series events and these are going to be events that aren't necessarily run by wizards that they're also going to offer invites through the most notable of these is the star city game circuit is now going to be able to qualify you for the players tour now i don't know exactly how that's going to work whether it's going to be like open winners or if it has to be like an invitational winner or just the players championship winner players or championship, whatever. Yeah. I don't know, you know, which level is going to grant invites, but that's a pretty big thing for them.
0: Yeah. I just worry that we had this like two years ago mm-hmm. and then they were like, uh, changed our mind. It's like star city sent like, I think it was like the player's champion Yeah, in that iteration went and then they were like, yeah, we're not doing that anymore. Yeah. It was like a one year thing. So hopefully this lasts longer.
1: Well, that also stopped when star city stopped hosting GPs. So I, I kind of assumed it was part of that same deal.
0: Oh maybe yeah. yeah, and now they've kind of come back and been like, "Hey, yeah, this is good for
1: us." Yeah, number one, it's a reason to play in Star City events. Like I know they kind of push the Star City circuit as a like a way to build yourself as a player, so you can like move on or whatever. Like the team events, I've always had a blast at, but like Star City events are just kind of whatever for me. Like I've there's no real desire for me to go play an open. I'd rather you know bookmark a weekend and go play a GP than an open. I think
0: yeah. I mean, the the GPs are just bigger. There's yeah. just more stuff.
1: Yeah, there's more to do. There's more vendors.
0: Yeah, it's just more interesting.
1: Yeah, for me at least. I mean, your mileage may vary, whatever, but I always kind of like the GP's bigger. And it doesn't cost any different to do like a GP or an open.
0: Yeah, by the time you factor in like your ride and your yeah. hotel and the entry fees are close to the same.
1: Yeah, I mean, even if they're, you know, 20 bucks apart or whatever, like if you take that, you know, proportionally with what you spend over the weekend, like 20 bucks isn't going to break your weekend. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've always just rather, you know, played at GPs, but you know, if I can qualify for the players tour, that might push me to go to a couple more opens than I normally would have gone to also.
0: Yeah. But we're, we're, again, our, our big problem is if you look at where they are. Yeah right it's like i'd rather drive 6 hours to a gp mm-hmm. than 6 hours to
1: to an open an open yeah no yep, i agree so star city was the the biggie out of this section of the announcement their premier series events but there is also lantham magic series from bazaar de bagda yeah but I, i'm assuming that's latin american
0: yeah this is the- Lat Am is Latin American. Oh, I gotcha. And then Bizarre to Baghdad, I, I guess it's kind of Bizarre Baghdad. Like, yeah, uh, I don't know. Close. Jerry Thompson said that it was being run by Willie Adel. Okay. Out of uh, Brazil. Okay. So it's basically trying to be like the South American Star City Star Games.
1: City. Okay, that's cool. Like one thing that I did want to note about like this whole subtopic here is hopefully this is going to give a way to get some representation from some like underrepresented regions yeah like South America or like Australia mm-hmm. like there's no circuit in Australia GPS hardly ever go there there's no um oh, regionals make-
0: yeah well Australia falls into Asian Pacific
1: well oh, right there's a big ocean between Asia Pacific and oh yeah this is- <laughs> no it's, tr- it's
0: true but like I don't know if the flight from like Sydney to Tokyo is much different than the flight from Brazil to Richmond.
1: Yeah, I, I really don't know.
2: Right,
0: that was that was uh, Paulo's like just like yeah. Then I have to go to Richmond. There's an event in Richmond like every three weeks. Like, <laughs> it's awful. <laughs> One, it'll give that area more chances to qualify, hopefully, because that right. is always complaint of people uh, from Latin America. Or Australia or anywhere, it's, like, it's yeah. like impossible for us to qualify for stuff. There's a GP every other weekend yeah. in the United States and Europe, and there's maybe one GP in Latin America a year, yeah. and maybe one GP in Australia every other year. Right. Right. So it's not like you have a, a ton of opportunity to qualify and this may, and this might be what their hope is, this may encourage these kind of tours to be developed in other areas. Yeah. Right? Like, Th- that's kind of what I got out of the announcement. Right, because, like, you could maybe see, I don't know, Kangaroo Magic Tour. <laughs> sure, whatever. Where, you know, it rotates between, like, you know, the major population centers yeah. in Australia, and people play that is mm-hmm. a reason to develop a Star City, like, tour. Right. If you're just like, hey, each one of these or like every third one effectively becomes like a big ptq yeah please come play in our events
1: so the um the reddit thread for this announcement had some uh wizards representatives watching it okay like when this announcement happened and i believe that's where i saw it but there was somebody like on the west coast The West Coast of the U.S. has it a lot better than a lot of places, you know, elsewhere in the world does as far as magic events go. But there's still way more on the East Coast than the West Coast.
0: Yeah, and it's just because of Star City.
1: Right. So somebody that day, as soon as the announcement happened, said, you know, if Star City's doing this, I want to start something on the West Coast also. Yeah. So I think they are looking for people to start up, you know, smaller tournament series.
0: It's not big for Magic, but there's the ultra-reality games mm-hmm. circuit, ultra-reality circuit. Yeah. That store is based, like, 30 minutes from where our parents live in Ohio. Yeah. And, like, they run, like, Dragon Ball and Yu-Gi-Oh. Okay. Is, like, their bread and butter, but they're a, r- a reasonably large mm-hmm. circuit for that in the Midwest. Yeah. And, like, again, if there was a reason for them to, like, branch into Magic or yeah. someone else could pick up the mantle in... Like, Mock's Boarding House in Seattle is probably right. big enough that they could, like, start yeah. doing something in the Pacific Northwest and, like, down the coast.
1: Yeah. Well, there's um, – isn't it Face-to-Face, like, big in Canada, too?
0: Face-to-Face is based in Toronto. Yeah. Yeah, and that's their big store. So, yeah, there's a number of yeah. stores that are, could be big enough to, like, make these events work. hmm And so it's just – this can be the catalyst to maybe just getting more people – Right. to get to play more Magic. Yep. My wife wants to move to the West Coast at some point, and I've told her, I'm like, well, you have to let me get Magic Online and spend a bunch of money because like, there's no way to play <laughs> yeah, Magic on no the West Coast. So another way to get into the PTs are uh, Magic Online qualifiers. Basically, I think it's going to be the same system that we've had currently.
1: Yeah, I don't keep up on uh, Magic Online announcements. I know there was an anu- a Magic Online announcement after this announcement. I didn't read it. I don't play Magic yeah. online. Neither so. do
0: I, but like I think like a couple times a month there are sealed or yeah. standard or modern uh, PTQs mm-hmm. that are, again, the winner-take-all, Yeah, but you don't have to leave your house kind of deal.
1: Right. Sit around in your underpants.
0: Yep. And then if one of you is a Hall of Famer,
1: hook us up. Let us know. Yeah, I don't know why we, you're listening to our podcast, but...
0: <laughs> High-quality content and entertainment. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about yeah, that. yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that's why they're here. Yeah. Hard hitting analysis of the everyman <laughs> <laughs> and high quality content. Yeah, you're welcome. Yeah. Uh, you just get to show up. They're yep. not they're basically not getting rid of your invite. Now I think they might have eliminated some of the perks like flights and whatnot. Yeah, I really like, don't. I know. think you have an invite, but you have to like pay your own way. Shucks. But at the same time though, them being more regional. Yeah. Right, it's not like you're John Finkel and you live in New York and you yeah. have to fly to Tokyo to like play an event. Right. You're like, Oh, the events in Richmond. Yeah. It's
1: going to Richmond. be in the U S somewhere.
0: Yeah. so This is a $300 flight or a $400 yeah. flight as opposed to a $1,500 flight. Right. But I think he's like a hedge fund manager or something. Yeah. He's doing all right. Yeah, he's doing fine.
1: <laughs> they also said that they're going to have discretionary invites basically for them to use however they want.
0: Yeah. Which is fine. Yeah. Like, I think this is, again, how you're going to get, like, not firing any shots here, but, like, the Asian Avenger. Right. Right? Like, he got an invite to one of the mythic events. Yeah. And, like, this is a way to, like, keep him in the fold. Right. Kind of thing. Or someone else. Yeah. Right? Alias V has, like, quit her job now and just, like, is Alias V all the time now. (laughs) So they just, like, are going to, like, if she's not going to do coverage, maybe they just have her, like. Yeah. Yeah like Here's an playing invite. in the event yeah yeah which is fine like yeah they give away f- you know 25 out of a 500 person field like yeah, that's fine big deal like i know someone's gonna like flip a table and be all angry because like i was number 476 <laughs> it's like yeah these things happen like if you were number 501 yeah you'd be like you'd have been in the same boat you'd be in the same boat like this is fine If you want to think of it as the real number of slots is 500 minus the discretionaries, you have to be number 475. It's fine.
1: One of the things that uh, Brian and Jerry were talking about on the Arena Decklist podcast was that these discretionary invites like wizards could use as rewards for like extra tournaments also yeah um, like they had mentioned doing like a women's league where yeah. they could automatically put you know the best performing woman yeah, you could player. do
0: like like a spark split kind of thing yeah. but for an underrepresented group or something like that where like you give them some shine beforehand and then like yeah. the hope being that people follow them and their story into the pro tour mm-hmm. yeah they can do with them whatever they want they yeah. can do you know just like you know, knighting people I night the pro tour a <laughs> uh, players tour player. Yeah. Or like they could do stuff that's like, you know, a weekend tournament, like, you know, a you know, a one day tournament that they cover yeah. On their channel for, you know, whatever group, or like, you know, they invite you know the sixteen best Australian players and they're playing for four slots or they're playing for two slots or whatever on like a weekend tournament.
1: You know what else they could do?
0: I mean B list podcast hosts? Are we B list?
1: I was going to say golden ticket.
0: Golden ticket?
1: Yeah, they can put a golden ticket in a Mountain Horizons pack.
0: Oh, man. I thought that was Ren and Zix. I thought that was a golden <laughs> ticket. I thought you could do whatever you wanted well, if you wanted to. Ren and Zix would and be six. even
1: better if it got you to the Players Tour, right?
0: Yeah, that would be pretty cool. Yeah, like they, with Z- the Zendikar packs way back in the day, they yeah. put like Power Rises. Treasures, them. yeah. Right? Now they could just like, you you crack a pack and you get like. A ticket to the player's tour. This is your yeah. discretionary invite. Yeah.
1: Fanfare and a golden ticket falls out and some glitter. I
0: mean, if Poof. my pack opened and played music and <laughs> glitter came out, like I'd just be impressed that it the same <laughs> as the pack beside it. I mean, this is a feat of engineering wizards. <laughs> Good job. You guys are wizards, quite literally. Yeah. <laughs> I think the discretionary invites are fine. Yeah. Like, again, if they're looking for B slash list podcast hosts, hit us up we can we can be there yep got a few more follows on twitter we're we're slowly (laughs) climbing the ranks here all right all right so then we have the players tour final so this is like after you've done well at the players tour yep you move on to this thing
1: yep so there's there's three players tours per region per year so nine players tours altogether. okay and then they feed into uh these finals Uh, There's three of these per year also. So I guess each set of regionals feeds into one of these.
0: Yeah, so like the three America player store feeds into the America player store final. Yep. Okay. Is that how it works? I think there's three per year tied to the regional player stores. So there's an America's one.
1: Like are they broken up by region or are they broken up like one set of players? tours feeds one players tour finals oh like like one from each region you know what i mean yeah like
0: the january one feeds right i don't know it would be interesting to see but if they do everything else regionally it would seem weird to break the regional confines for this yeah be like hey you won the tokyo players tour you get to fly to sacramento
1: yeah i'm not sure that that is weird
0: Yeah, so i would i would guess it would stay regional
1: okay We'll have to stay tuned and figure out how that Again, breaks down.
0: When one of you guys wins one, and they tell you where to go, yeah, let us let know. us know. Um,
1: like, also, whoa. like some of this information is probably out there. There's a lot of information to sort. Yeah, through, it is so. super dense. Yeah,
0: like I said, we have jobs and yeah. families and yeah. I didn't have a sink for most of the weekend. Yeah, So you're like I had I had, <laughs> I had issues. <laughs>
1: yeah, I got a uh, an emergency text message from Brian's wife. Uh, Brian's very sweary. Can you come save him? <laughs> Yeah, I'll be right over.
0: <laughs> yes, yes. So, so you do well at a Players Tour, you yep. get to a finals.
1: Yep. Uh, so it's the top finishers from Players Tour events. It's the top finishers from previous Players Tour finals.
0: Yeah. So I don't know where where they cut the line yeah. for top finishers, but like again, it makes sense. It's something that they have kind of not done well in the past. Yeah. Where like, you know, the previous world champion didn't qualify for this year's worlds, like couldn't defend the belt. Yeah. This allows you to defend the belt. Right.
1: These are going to be smaller tournaments also, like even smaller than a Pro Tour. Yeah. Uh, These are only like 120 players.
0: Yeah. So bigger than Worlds.
1: Right. But smaller than a Pro Tour. Right. Weighs like a quarter the size of a Pro Tour. Yes. And then all 24 MPL players will be in this. Okay. And like we said earlier, all of the Grand Prix winners will have an invite rate right to this.
0: Yes. So that's pretty cool. Yep. Like spike a Grand Prix and it qualifies you for two tournaments instead of one.
1: Yeah, that's awesome. That's pretty cool, yeah. Yep. Lots of prizes too. The finals are going to have $250,000 prize pool.
0: For roughly 120 players. So yeah. Pretty good. Quick math, it's like $2,000 a player is like the EV. Yeah. Which is pretty all right.
1: Yep. I'll take it. We also got a little bit of clarification on what the MPL is. Okay. And how to get in going forward, what it's all going to entail. And they're adding kind of a sub level of the MPL, which we had also talked about earlier called the Rivals series. Yes. So the MPL is, I got it written down here as 24 members. I guess it's 24 members. I thought they said. That it was going to be twenty, but maybe it's twenty four.
0: Twenty doesn't make sense when you like if you split up into four divisions, you have four divisions of well, five. That,
1: are they still doing that though? They're still
0: doing the spark splits, and they're still doing the splits. I think. Oh, I thought they. Because I think that's how they like decide if you're like high or low in the MPL. I'm not sure. Oh about. yeah,
1: that, I guess that makes sense. So each MPL member has the opportunity to get uh, $50,000 in appearance fees.
0: So they have to show up to events.
1: They have to show up to events. They're not just giving you a paycheck to do whatever. And they're also getting rid of the streaming contracts.
0: Yeah, so they're not making them stream. Right. I think this year, I think you're going to see, like, I randomly had on Twitch the other day and Ben Stark had 1,600 people watching him at, like, 9 o'clock at night. Yeah. I think that, like, someone like him who's probably got a lot of subs and stuff, like, this is a way for him to, like, play Magic and get paid. Mm -hmm. And I think he'll probably keep streaming. But I think there's some other people that may have been less successful streaming. Right. Or maybe Wizards was like wow we're paying these people. We're fine with paying them $50,000 to show up to events. Yeah. But we don't want to pay them $75,000 an extra $25,000 to have you know 57 people watch them play Magic.
1: Yeah. I also kind of got the feeling that some of the MPL members like didn't really want to stream either.
0: Yeah. I mean Jerry when he took the contract it was like you could take the streaming part of it or just the other contract and he took the other contract so he didn't have to stream
1: right but even some of the people that took the streaming contract i don't think really wanted it
0: yeah i mean it was a lot of money to turn down yeah
1: so they were like sure yeah i like money yep and then the appearance fees are separate from like prize earnings so the appearance fees are just you're getting paid to show up to a tournament
0: yeah, and you show up to the player's tour they cut you a check yep. and then if you win the player's tour they cut you another check
1: right yeah all mpl members will have invites to the mythic invitationals and all players tour events so they don't have to qualify they're already qualified yeah we had talked previously about player points and mythic points these are kind of where they come in because a combination of your player points and your mythic points are going to determine your rank in the mpl so player points you earn from the players tour side of the bracket and then mythic points you're going to earn from the arena side of the bracket. Okay. I don't know how the points break down. I don't know how many you can get in an event. I don't know like how well you have to do to earn a point or whatever, but this is what they said they're going to use to rank members of the MPL. Okay. And then at the end of the season, the top 12 uh, ranked members of the MPL get to stay. The bottom four members drop into rivals automatically made part of the rivals bracket and then the remainder play in a mpl gauntlet tournament with rivals players top four from the gauntlet get put into the mpl okay and then the top two mythic points players i believe from rivals get put right in and the top two player points from rivals i believe get put right in okay a lot of a lot of ways to get into the mpl
0: I know the esports guys were like I'm super excited for the uh, for the Gauntlet tournament. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's uh pretty much just like watching people play for like $30,000. Yeah. Because there's a, a big drop in appearance fees from Right. Rivals to MPL. Oh yeah. Huge drop. Yeah, so you're like watching people like play for I don't know, their car payment, <laughs> right. which is which is rough. Yeah. Um, It's super entertaining.
1: (laughs) Kind of summarize like the changes that they've made so far is they have eliminated a lot of self-proclaimed pro players and admittedly some people that deserve to be pro pro players also and said, there's only going to be 24 pro players and we are going to pay them. So they are actually a professional magic player.
0: And then the rivals are, we're going to pay them, but we're going to pay them less. Right. And like, if you get a roommate, you can make this work.
1: Yep. So they are actual people that get paid to play magic. Um, yeah, this is
0: something that came up in one of our our threads a couple yeah. days ago where you know, a lot of the quote unquote pros were upset that there's that they weren't happy with all the stuff at the top end, right, right. And I pointed out, I was like, we keep talking about pro players. Right. But there have never been pro magic players. Correct. There have been people who really like magic. Yep. And are good enough that if they fly to a GP, they're not a 100% to just throw away all their money. Right. But they are not earning enough money to like truly live off of. Right. While playing magic. There's stories that like Christian Calcano is someone that like I think most magic players. Players know. Yeah. Right? He top aided well a GP recent not, not GP, uh, a Pro Tour recently, yep. right? Yep. Not right? too long ago. He, to his own admission, has lost money playing Magic. Mm-hmm. Right. And you think of Kristen Calcano as a professional Magic player. Absolutely. Right. There were no pro Magic players before. None. Mm-hmm. Now we have kind of two groups right. of roughly 70 yep. pro Magic players, people that are getting a paycheck for showing up to events not based on results right and i think that is difficult for people to like realistically complain about Mm -hmm. but i think it's just the fact that the system is changing right and a lot of people see themselves as being on the outside looking in yeah or maybe being in a situation where like i've never had to go to an mcq or a ptq Mm -hmm. i've just always strung together enough to go enough to go i've always strung together like gold status or whatever it was yeah and now it's like oh no i have to show up at this event
1: the new system definitely kind of like sticks it to the gold pro yeah like what used to be a gold pro there's not really a home for them right now um they kind of have to work their way into rivals or chain together some players tour finals finishes or yeah i think a lot of them are going to get a get lost though
0: yeah, I think I think so as well. Like Rivals is I don't know how big platinum was before. I don't know how many people yeah, were platinum. Sure. But like you can think of it as kind of like platinum plus like the very top of gold. Yeah. And the players that get lost are probably like silver and like that middle to bottom of gold. Yeah. And like they no longer have a home and then like the bronze pro was kinda already lost. Right. Right. So the bronze pro is just like where they were before.
1: Yep. I think it's kind of exciting though, because realistically, those people probably, this is going to sound awful. They probably shouldn't have been like being played just to play magic anyway. You know what I mean? I'm not saying they're not super talented or whatever, but you know if you're you don't have the chops to make it you know into the cream of the crop then like you're not the cream of the crop you know what i mean
0: it is one of those things that like getting to play magic and make any kind of money out of it yeah is like a privilege not a right kind of deal absolutely right so they'd be like well i no longer have a place or whatever it's is fine but like you were fortunate to like be able to play yeah. at all yeah it does hurt for the people that kind of felt like they had a spot Yeah, in Magic, and now they don't. don't. They have to like scramble like you know the rest of us.
1: Yeah, this does open up the whole like bottom two rungs to us though, which is why I'm super excited for this program because it seems like there's going to be a lot more chances for you know people at our level to play more competitive Magic. Yeah, and I think that's important and like the way the system should be built.
0: It sucks that I think it was described that like this is uh, on ProPoints. This system is clearly better for like 1 to 50. Yeah. in the world. It might be worse for 51 to 100. Yeah. Right?
1: Well, it's probably worse for 51 to 400.
0: Were there were there four, there weren't 400 people with like Pro status?
1: There were a lot of people that were able to chain together Pro tours that Fair. weren't you know what I mean?
0: But then, like, it's probably better for yeah. the people that were outside of that, like, gold, silver yeah. range of player because there's now twice as many slots. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think that qualifying for a 500-person tournament in the United States where there's some ungodly number of Magic players a is lot. still an accomplishment. Yeah. Even if it's not qualifying for the 500-person Pro Tour. Right. This is pretty dang close. Oh yeah. So I, I would
1: count this. It counts in my book.
0: Oh yeah. I would be I'd be happy I would take the day off yeah. work.
1: What was that? what was the first thing you said when I posted the announcement up?
0: Oh, there's still a pro tour like thing for me to not qualify for. Exactly. <laughs> Here we yeah. go. I have a reason to play. Yeah. The dream is not dead. <laughs> and you're listening to me for magic advice, folks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last thing, we've talked about it a lot that's come up, is the rivals. So, yeah. like we said before, MPL is the Premier League, and then I think it's Second Division. Sure. Right? That's the next <laughs> step down. Yeah. You're going to get some invites to events, I think.
1: They had mentioned a couple uh, events that rivals players were invited to, but specifically under like the MPL section, they said invites to events, and that was missing in the rivals section. Okay, okay. So that's why I kind of put a question mark next to it.
0: I know there was a talk on Pro Points about how the rival structure is going to incentivize people to play more GPs. Yeah. Because they don't have invites to the finals. So well, if you spike a GP, yeah. you get your invite to the
1: finals. That's good, though, because like weren't weren't all the pros complaining you know, two months ago that there was no incentive to play GPs anymore?
0: Yeah. I mean, this is your reason to play a GP yeah. is it gets you into a, a finals. Yeah right even if you're a rivals player so there's going to be special uh rivals mythic qualifier things again mm-hmm. to get mythic points yep they're going to get 20k in prize fees or appearance fees I'm sorry
1: yeah the uh the MPL said that they were going to get $50,000 in appearance fees rivals players are going to get 20,000
0: like you can you can see where this money came from right because before it was like 36 players yeah or 32 32 in they got seventy five thousand, roughly. Yeah, we cut that from to twenty five, twenty four, and gave them fifty, <laughs> and then the rest of the money is twenty k to these. Yeah, you know, if like your only income's gotta be magic, like right, making twenty grand, I guess is a decent. Yeah, I mean, it helps. Yeah, I mean, um, I made twenty grand a year in
1: grad school. <laughs> Again, this is uh, not tied to prize earnings, so yeah, that is so separate. Like, you know, you spike a GP and win, you know, ten grand or whatever, then that's yours. So to get into
0: rivals, they're going to take the twelve top Mythic Point Earners from arena. Yep. Again, grind some arena. Yep. Maybe, maybe, maybe you'll get, get a there. twenty thousand dollars paycheck. Yep. And then the twelve players' points earners, so the paper magic side. Yep. Go win some GPS. Yep. And then you're going to have the f- bottom four from the MPL. Hmm. And then you're going to have the bottom twelve from the MPL Gauntlet.
1: Yep. They get invited back.
0: Okay. So the people from the gauntlet.
1: Yeah. The people that made it into the gauntlet come back. Come back.
0: Okay. And then there's going to be six discretionary slots, mm-hmm. which again, they can use these to, you know, some people have said maybe they'll use them to re- uh, reward consistent tournament finishes. Maybe you finished in the top 16 of six GPs. Right. Or like you top eighted three and then finished in the top 16. They're like, hey, you're we want you to be in. Yeah. But it could also just be like, hey, you're from this area, or you represent this group. Or you have a lot of Twitch, Twitch followers, followers. And we'll come to Paper Magic events. Yeah. Uh, Great. <laughs> hey, uh, Kenji. Kenji, you, you, want, you, want, you want to be a rival? <laughs> come on, Kenji. So, yeah. So, I think that there's a clear way to do this. Yep. Which is, I think, all you could ask for. Yep.
1: There is now a path. Everybody was right. clamoring for a path, and now you have one.
0: And then the, the World Championships is going to remain largely unchanged but like everything like winning all these different things is going to funnel people into the world championship
1: yeah and i believe the announcement also said that they're going to try and like refocus like the prestige of the world championships did we talk on the podcast about jerry's protest uh
0: no i don't think
1: so jerry thompson protested worlds two years ago i think or a year ago? Was it just last year? I thought it was year before last.
0: Whenever. recently.
2: Yeah,
1: recently. Because basically nobody knew the event was even happening. Yeah. Um, it received no publicity. Wizards said nothing about it. And this is supposed to be like the highest of high-level play, where you have to like basically win a pro tour to get an invite. It's really hard to get to. Like I said, it's supposed to be super high-level play, and nobody even knew the event was happening. Well, Jerry protested it by like not showing up to the event. He was invited... And he, he didn't flew there, took the hotel room, yeah, and then
0: like Friday morning woke up and was like, "Deuces,
2: yeah,
1: like no showed round one, like his round one opponent had no opponent.
0: No, they had to re they had to redo the uh, the draft pod. I thought it started with a draft.
1: Mm, I'm not sure.
0: And so they had to redo the draft pod. So there was one no, seven one person seven. pod, and like he was in the feature pod, so they had to move someone from another pod into the feature pod. Oh, all right. They definitely had an seat to the draft. Yeah, all weekend. And there was a buy yeah. that went through the tournament. Yeah, that's tough. Yeah, in your twenty-four person tournament, that like right. usually like ten and six is live for top eight. Yeah, <laughs> and like someone's gonna get Yeah, yeah. So basically, they've done a really crappy job of like building up the prestige of worlds. Yeah, like you know, here we go. Who's the current world champion? No idea. Javier Dominguez. Well,
1: uh, I think I did know that actually. Yeah. Yeah.
0: But you were It wasn't like on the tip of your tongue. You're right. like, oh yeah, of course, yeah. Javier Dominguez, like, yeah, great guy, like Commander, right? Uh, tr- <laughs> true fact, likes Commander. But, there's a lot of people that like Commander. I know. There's a lot of weirdos. <laughs> yeah. So trying to build these back up would be yeah. would be good.
1: And it did sound in the announcement like they are trying to make this a prestigious event again. They're trying to put some focus on it. Yeah. So hopefully that happens.
0: I mean, like the regular news, like mm-hmm. CNN covered like the. Thirteen or fifteen-year-old, sixteen-year-old kid who won the Fortnite World Championships, yeah, and won like three and a half million dollars for playing Fortnite, yeah. Like your mom, your grandma is like, is talking to me like, some kid won what? Why is my playing <laughs> video games? Right? It showed up on her TV. Yeah. No one's like you know. Javier Dominguez won the Magic World Championship. <laughs> Some Spanish sounding guy wants somebody playing them cards you play. Your grandma hasn't said that. Never, ever. Ever. Yep. Right. So they need, like, if Fortnite can do it, like, Magic can at least, I don't know, have the people that play the game know who won their yeah. big event. Yeah. So the only thing that came out of the announcement that was a little worrying to me Yeah. Uh, it was. During the uh, the Twitch broadcast, Bear and his friend Large Man, whose name
1: I forget. <laughs> Bear and guy next to Bear? Bear and
0: guy to the left of Bear. Yeah. Someone asked, like, are like what are they called? What are the points that we earn? Planeswalker points. Planeswalker points. Are planeswalker points still going to be used for G P buys? Mm-hmm. And he was like, We don't know. We're not sure if we're gonna continue to do buys at GPs. Yeah. The reasoning they gave was well twofold was one like the buys in some people's eyes are a little controversial because they do like really
1: advantage people right but the people that they advantage are people that do well like if you scrub out a 2,000 events in a year you're not going to have Plantswalker points for two buys you have to like
0: I mean if you play 2,000 events like you just get one point for showing up right but like
1: that's still not enough for
0: fair if you go 0,3 in 2,000 events yeah you don't get two buys. It rewards people that are playing a lot.
1: Yeah. But like not just playing, though. You still have to do yes. well.
0: I am fine with the buys. Yeah. And then the other thing they said is it locks in the tournament structures. Right. And people could do more creative things with their tournaments if they didn't have the buys, which I don't know yeah. what creative things you're trying to do with your tournaments.
1: Yeah. Like, especially when the things that you're getting buys for are like 2,000 player events.
0: Yeah, I don't know what they're trying to do. Yeah. But they did make it sound like they haven't uh, completely settled on yeah. buys being a thing that's going to be part of GPs going forward. Yeah. Which, if they're trying to incentivize GPs, Yeah, right. you need to then also incentivize playing F&Ms. Right. Right. So for one of us or one of our listeners that is like, oh, hey, I want to do well at a GP... Well, if I play enough of my local events, I can get a buy or I can get two buys. So I have to do a little less work on the day to do well
1: in my event. One of our friends who's actually going to Atlanta with us was so concerned with his buys. Actually, the buys for this current season, but the points from last season that he uh, booked a flight to Niagara Falls by himself to play in a GP yes. just so that he would make sure he had enough for a buy.
0: He played Delver and played against Enchantress three times. Yeah. It's a bad matchup. Bad. <laughs> very, very bad. Um, but yeah, he was like, I need these points. Yeah. And so he like made this trip. Yeah. So that's all the new stuff.
1: Yeah. I hope buys don't go away.
0: I hope buys don't go away as well. That would be very, very sad. Yep. Now like it's arena time.
1: It is arena time. Dun, dun, dun. That's uh, yes,
0: right. We played a lot. As a podcast, we played a lot of magic, so we had like, like I said, two hundred and something games overall across everything.
2: Yeah.
0: Uh, basically, silver up through diamond, mm-hmm. and as as I think I already mentioned, I listen to all these podcasts. And like, there's clearly two tier one decks. Yeah. It's scape shift
1: and vampires and
0: vampires. And it's specifically Bandscape Shift. Yeah. Bandscape Shift or Scape Shift in general, because there's a bunch of different flavors running around, was only 7% of the decks that we saw. Yeah,
1: that's not a whole lot.
0: And I'm sometimes guessing that I'm playing against Scape Shift. Right. When I see like Field of the Dead and stuff and there's so many Field of the Dead decks, I might be underestimating it. And then Vampires was 7.7%. Esper was 14% of all the decks everyone played against.
1: Man, so if you add the top, supposedly top two decks of the format together, you still get Esper? You still get Esper.
0: (laughs) And then, again, like, off meta was almost a quarter. Yeah. And partway through the week, loyal listener and data entry man, Jesse, was like, can you put Grixis and Red Black in his actual decks because i'm playing them all the time yeah so i went in and like changed the chart midway through so he could start putting his like red black data in yeah uh and that was six percent was the red black sacrifice
1: slash aggro deck wow yeah so almost as much as uh yeah as vampires and Scape top tier decks yeah
0: so it's super weird i don't know like why they're not translating to arena yeah when you know, everyone's like these are the best decks off-meta stuff. I played. I played and got smushed by a uh, black green Bolas' uh, Citadel. Oh, I hadn't seen that deck in forever.
1: Yeah, um, like the last time I saw that deck was at our last MCQ.
0: Yeah, uh, and then we had a uh, Ken lost to in in to an off-meta deck. And mm-hmm. in the note section, he might have won. He left it blank, but. In the notes section, it just said, OMG, LOL. I don't know what it was. <laughs> it must have been a spicy meatball. <laughs> she was just like, all right, like you had a bad time. Yeah, you got to get
1: at us. Let us know what that was. <laughs> yeah, it was just like, all right,
0: all right, cool. Cool, I, I see you there. <laughs> um, now, going back through, so that was 235 matches across everything. And then in Diamond, we had 47 matches. And here, Vampires was like 13%.
1: Okay, so a little bit more.
0: Yeah, and then Scape Shift was nine. Yeah. Boris Feather was nine. Elementals, nine. Yeah. So there was more of like kind of the decks you'd expect to see. Simic or Bant Ramp mm. was 13%. Oh, wow. So again, like...
1: And that was kind of the deck of this past weekend too, right? Bant Ramp?
0: I think so, yeah. It somehow goes bigger than Field of the Dead. Yeah, somehow. I, I don't understand. And then Platinum... 163 matches. Woo! Yeah. And here's where Esper was 16%. Yeah. So, like, Esper was uh, well represented in the uh, the Platinum meta game, and yep. then it was just a collection of, like, 7 5% mm-hmm. stuff. Yep. And Red Black Sacrifice was the next highest deck with 8%. Wow. And again, off-meta stuff was a quarter of it. Yeah. Like, we have... 12 or 13 decks that are the meta yeah the fact that we're still getting like these giant chunks of like off meta stuff and sometimes it's hard sometimes you're playing and you're like playing is as this? elementals because yeah. there's so much like overlap in the format and like we've kind of smushed esper together where it can be control or hero or hero it's mainly control there's a lot of Bolus's of citadels in the control decks now
2: yeah
0: <laughs> it's kind of hard to tell sometimes but that's kind of what we've seen is again like arena's its own animal like i think it doesn't reflect the paper meta game yeah well at all so the the playing this week yeah is take out all most of the busted cards out of standard
1: yeah there's like a super expanded ban list like any card that anybody has ever complained about once is on the ban list yes I don't know if you played the Plancation at all.
0: I did. I got my six wins the hard way with Dinosaurs. Deck is trash in all formats. <laughs> don't play it.
1: Uh, I got mine the easy way, playing the Recto Sacrifice deck, because there's no banned cards in it. Yeah. It took me like an hour and a half, 6-0, super easy. I was all done.
0: The reason I played Dinosaurs is it was together. Yeah. And there are no band cards in it, so you didn't have to like make any like. It was air
1: quotes together on Arena. It was. <laughs> you didn't have to sleeve anything. You didn't have to sleeve anything. <laughs> it was the
0: minimum number of clicks to get started. Yeah. And then it was the maximum
1: number of clicks to get six <laughs> yeah. Um What's the uh, What's the next plane, Cation?
0: I don't know what the next event is. You don't know? It, it's the last one, right? It is next week. It'll I be, think so. It'll be the fifth land.
1: Oh, man. I missed two of them?
0: You missed two lands. That so, stinks. Yeah. I did uh, the first
1: one, I did this one.
0: This was island, right? Yeah, this one was island. We have I think we have mountain forest. Okay. And then the first one was
1: I the first one was forest.
0: First one's forest. We have mountain swamp. Okay. And then I think the last one is plains. Of course it is. Those will be the only lands I use like they're not going to print better right. lands than those.
1: Yeah. Well, they, I mean the uh the mirage ones I I've always kind of liked the mirage ones that you got for like just playing this week.
0: Yeah, the, oh, those ones were Mirage ones. I wasn't yeah. paying super close attention. Yeah. Again, from the the, the Twitter of Andre uh, Strosky, there's apparently a semi-busted, quote-unquote, again, just like every week, best deck in standard. Yeah. It's this legendary slash, like, uh, historic deck.
1: Yeah, you said you messed around with this one a little bit, I played
0: right? exactly one game with it. It's a graveyard deck, yeah. and I beat two Ashioks, kind of no problem. <laughs> It was a little sketchy. It was down to four cards in my library. Yeah. I had no idea how the deck really worked until I got started. So you play like Diligent Esca- Excavator, the one three for one of the blue that when you cast a historic spell, you can mill someone for two. Okay. And then you play Lazav mm-hmm. and... Kethis? Kethys, the hidden hand. And Kethys is a three four for Abzan, mm-hmm. green, white, black. All your, all your legendary spells cost one less to cast. Mm-hmm. And... You can exile two legendary cards from your graveyard and all the legendary cards that are currently in your graveyard when you activate that ability Mm. can be cast from the graveyard. Okay. You're like self-milling yourself until you kind of reach a critical mass of cards. Mm-hmm. And then you start playing things out of your graveyard. And so Lazav gives you extra copies of Kethys because if you have a Lazav and then you mill your Kethys, you just make a Kethys with your Lazav. Right. So you don't have to actually cast it in your three-color deck. Plays Tameo, Ferry Ashiok to mill yourself. Mm-hmm. Plays Urza's Ruinous Blast. Whew. Get some. And you are just trying to kind of set up a board state where you can cast a bunch of stuff out of your graveyard and mill your opponent out. Mm.
1: Like you said, Mox Ambers, right? Yeah. Mox Ambers. Yeah. So you just kind of loop them.
0: You can, but like you have to have enough legendary stuff in your graveyard that yeah. after you've like, if you have three in your graveyard and one in play, you can cast the three from your graveyard. Yeah. But the three that go to your graveyard because of the legend rule can no longer be cast from your graveyard. You have to exile two more right legendary cards to give them that ability, to give them that ability. But if you have 30 cards in your graveyard, every card in your deck is legendary. Yeah. So it just makes it easy for you to kind of meet that requirement and start casting stuff. Hmm. The only problem is, is it's similar to the Esper version of this deck that was kind of played a while back with was it Rona. Oh, a uh, Disciple of Gix. Disciple, Disciple of Gix. Yeah. You're doing so much stuff on your turn. You're constantly Timing roped. Out. Yeah. Like I admittedly he had no idea what I was doing. I was kind of like figuring <laughs> it out as like feeling around as I was going along. Yeah. But it just felt like I was constantly being roped. Yeah. And I was just like, Oh God, I don't want to like pass the turn
1: back and lose. The first time I ran into that issue was mm, two years ago, maybe like when arena was first, like I wasn't even an open beta yet. Like I don't even think you were playing arena at the time. No, no. Cause this was like Dominary had just come out. Yeah. And there was the side deck, the Sai oh, yes. Aetherflux reservoir. And I had a RPTQ that weekend, like right when that deck got popular. So I was trying to find a way to jam games, so I built it on Arena. But you could not pilot that deck on Arena. It would time you out all the time. You'd be like in the middle of comboing off, and it'd time you out. I had this problem
0: when I was running this on my wife's uh, potato of a computer. Yeah. When I was playing uh, Niv-Mizzet. If I cast more than two spells, like it just like, I would, I couldn't resolve my Niv-Mizzet triggers. Yeah. Because it just... The computer couldn't keep up. Yeah. And I bought a baked potato. <laughs> a slightly better potato. Yeah. Sweet potato. Yeah, sweet potato of a computer. Sorry, buddy. And... Um, I hadn't had any problems with the, like, recent updates. The game runs, like, considerably worse than it has run previously. Uh, Like, I've noticed, like, just, like, performance issues and a lot of people have. Well, my
1: computer's, like, eight years old, so so I haven't noticed
0: any difference. So I don't know if it's a situation where, like, the combo takes a while to execute. Yeah. Or the fact that, like, you're putting all these triggers on the stack. Yeah. And my computer's not fast enough to keep up with... Maybe. All the triggers on the stack, which is frustrating. But, right. you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Right.
1: Supposedly there was an announcement today. Did you hear the announcement?
0: I did not hear the announcement.
1: Arena's coming to Mac?
0: Oh, my God. Yeah. I have a Mac. That's like, good. Yeah. When I is think, this happening?
1: Uh, Jesse put it in, in our uh, local game store chat, like, as you were opening the door. Okay. Let me see if I can find it.
0: I am, I am in for this, because my Mac will definitely run it.
1: Magic Arena is coming to the Epic Games Store this winter. Oh, and Mac OS after that, too. Our goal is to bring Magic to new places and players.
0: Hopefully winter, early spring. Yeah. So, all right, computer, hold out. Then you'll just become the podcast computer. You can do it. You can do it, buddy. So that's good. Yeah. Good That'll news. That'll make people happy. I mean, in that same thing, I saw that, like, Mark Rosewater doesn't play Arena because he only owns Macs. Right. Well,
1: I don't think he has a whole lot of time either, but... Yeah, yeah.
0: I and mean, I guess if your job is making magic cards, you don't want to relax with a relaxing game of competitive standard. That is true. The last thing I want to do on a weekend is work on cars. This is fair. I try not to teach random people. <laughs> <laughs> but like, as I said, I was like, being a professor is liking the sound of your own voice. Yeah. So <laughs> you're just like, you're like, I can't help myself. Yeah. So here you are. <laughs> here I am talking at you people. Hoping that you like the sound of my voice. Yep. I mean, you keep coming, my students have to pay a bunch of money to listen to me. Like, they almost don't have a choice. (laughs) You. Yeah, you you, get it for free. You get it for free, yeah. This is where Chuckles would be like, when are you going to start your Patreon? One day. (laughs) One day. We're getting there. there. I uh, I
1: got the new logo, as you guys have probably seen. I am working on Playmats and some other
0: swag. I have the Patreon page, it exists. Yeah. I just feel as though it's a little presumptuous to be like, you know. Give us money. Give us money now. So, yeah, so I think that keep an eye out for, like, new arena decks. So if you see this, like, random collection of, yeah. like... Legends. Saltai cards and, like, legendary cards, like, that's what's going on. Yeah. Uh, Ursus Ruinous Blast is, like, great in that deck. There are only t- four non-legendary cards in the whole deck, and yeah. there are the Diligent Ex- Excavators. <laughs> and everything else is, like... I actually cast that spell to mill my opponent for four. Yeah. And now, removed none of my permanents, and removed none of their Planeswalkers, but I did get four cards for my five <laughs> mana, and then milled them out with Ashiok. There you go. Super easy. You can see that and kind of know what's going on. Mm-hmm. And then, um, if you're interested in it, just find Andre Shrasky on Twitter, or I'll, I'll probably retweet it. He has a cyborg guide, which he's like super good for, Yeah. and all that stuff.
1: I think uh, I think they've been calling it Kethys Combo. Okay. I think they've been calling the deck Kethys Combo. So I think like Sam for...
0: Black worked on it as well.
1: Okay.
0: Went like five two in the event yeah where a bunch of other people like went 10-0 yeah. 10-1 so cool the deck's legit and i think with that i don't think there's any other cool happenings on arena we have another playing eventually
1: yeah whatever the next one is yeah
0: so yeah with that i think we're good here right
1: yeah i can't th- think of anything else if you got any ideas for shows get a hold of us yep if you see any cool arena decks that you want to share Get a hold yeah, of us.
0: You tweeted us at casual tripod. Like I said, the phone's always in my pocket.
1: Yep. Uh, you can hit us up on Facebook, casual try hard MTG. Uh, you can email us at show at casual and check out our YouTube channel. There's not a whole lot there except for this episode, but like we'll I said, there. if we'll it's something there. you guys are looking, looking for or want to see, maybe we'll,
0: I can I can record some stuff. I yeah. won't record myself. Like I like the mystery. I have a yeah. face for radio. Uh,
1: but yeah. Maybe we'll work on our YouTube channel a little bit yeah. though if there's some some desire for it.
0: Oh yeah, and uh so we called out we caught out Dieter last week. We haven't heard oh, from yeah. Nick the Nerd in a long time. Yeah. So uh, Nick, uh hopefully you've not been like lost <laughs> in the Tim Hortons or something. <laughs> so I think with that we'll catch you next week.
1: Yep, we'll catch you nothing and